And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome back to Fastened Like Nails. Today we're doing something a little different. We've got with us uh, Master's Guild students Ruthann, Amelia, Judah, and Emily. And we're going to be talking about something you guys all learned in Proverbs class this morning. So without further ado, Dr. Hamby. Okay, thanks Molly. And I'm excited about sharing this. We're going to title this today, Lord of the Wing. <laughs> I wanted to say Lord of the Ring, but uh, Lord of the Wing. It's in the book of Proverbs chapter 1. It's a peculiar verse. It says this um, in verse um, 17, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. That's in the ESV version. Say anything different in the King James, guys? In the King James. Pretty much the same, right? Yeah. I've got um, verse 17. It says, surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. So that's kind of a peculiar verse. It's a proverb within the Proverbs. And uh, that verse is the hinge pin. It's what's going to teach us what this really means. And so we're going to start from the beginning. Um, Verses 1 through 7 is the introduction to Proverbs 1 through 9. Proverbs 1 through 9 are the 12 lessons of wisdom that every child, every teen, adult needs to know to live Mm -hmm. their lives skillfully, negotiating life skillfully, morally, legally, relationally. And as we live our lives successfully, that's what it says in verse 3, mm-hmm. to receive the instructions in wise dealings, the instructions of mm-hmm. successful living in righteousness, justice, and equity, mm-hmm. moral, legal, relational. He then says this, let the wise hear and increase learning. That's what happens when we become wise. We, we, it's exponential. We just keep learning more and more. It's like the, mm-hmm. the hedgehog principle in the book of Good to Great in um, Jim Collins' book, the hedgehog principle is this idea of the flywheel. If you picture this large flywheel, um, this mammoth stone, as big as this room, you know, if you were to move it, it would just take enormous amount of effort to get that thing to move just a little bit. If we could just get it to one rotation, kind of like the, the other day we yeah. were doing the snowman, the right? Yeah. 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 Nothing done little here at Lamplighter. <laughs> Two-ton snowman, you know. <laughs> we're afraid if it falls, it's going to kill somebody. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing at that. Better take that thing down. There's, now we're on recording. Like, they knew in advancing it would fall, you know, so we'll take it down. But it is enormous. I think it's around... 12 feet high. Mm. It's huge. Yeah, it's pretty tall. And yeah. it doesn't without even the have head. a head yet. Yeah, without the head. Just the base and the body. Yeah. Yeah, so we rolled this enormous snow snowman around, snowball. And it, picture a flywheel, you know, and as soon as you get it to spin one rotation, now you can, it's a little bit easier to keep it spinning. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it takes much effort, much effort mm-hmm. in starting a business, much effort in reading. You know, the the mind is like, you know, it's a muscle to be exercised. You know, I'm right now I'm in physical therapy. I um, hurt my rotator cuff um, playing tennis this summer. And now I'm playing pickleball and racquetball. And, um, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be not playing at all. But mm-hmm. I, I went to the physical therapy and I said, look, I'm not going to stop playing racquetball and f- pickleball. But I want my, my shoulder to be, you know, healed. So I'm playing a little bit left-handed, so I'm not playing entirely right-handed all the time. But he's given me all these exercises. In the beginning stages of these exercises, I was literally in tears. I was in tears. I was on the table, and I was doing these weights going like this, and I was doing like three of them. He goes, 30. I said, there's no way. I can't do it. He goes, don't be a wuss. 
I'm like, okay. I said, it hurts, it hurts. He goes, you can quit if you want. And I really stink, it hurts. He goes, does it hurt because you're weak or does it hurt because it's painful? He goes, there's a difference. If it's hurting because it's painful, stop. But if it's hurting because you're weak, keep going. Yeah. And right in front of my face is this sign, you know, if it doesn't cost you something, it's not going to do you any good. Wow. You know, and I'm like, oh, dear, get rid of the sign. Just get rid of the sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and now, oh, wow. I am like, you start off with green, then you go to blue, and then you go to black. Uh-huh. I'm mm-hmm. in between black and blue. Well, <laughs> 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 I'll be black and blue at the end of this thing. But, um, yeah, I love doing it now. You know, I'm like, mm. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I, Molly, you remember a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I couldn't do this, right? Uh-huh. I was I was lifting my arm doing it. Uh-huh. So I'm getting stronger. That's and it's, it's the same way with the Word of God. Mm. You know, studying the Word of God, it takes perseverance. It takes um, attention to detail. It takes focus. And you've got to, you just got to keep fo- moving forward with it. So pushing that flywheel <laughs> takes enormous amount of effort. But once you have the first rotation, it gets easier. Now it's a little bit easier. Mm. It's a little bit easier. And once it gets going, you can stand back and watch that thing fly. Okay? (laughs) And that's the way. Most people never get past the first rotation on the flywheel. Mm. You've got to put in the effort, you've got to put in the energy, the sacrifice, the pain. You know, you've got to have it. And so. This is what happens here. This man, he increases learning. And that's what happens. You start reading. You start gaining knowledge. And you're like, whoa, this is good. And there's an everyone listen to this. This is so important. There's an accumulated effect of knowledge. So you will begin to read in such a way that you're starting to see vocabulary words that you've never come across before. But as you accumulate knowledge, you're going to start reading things that are above your level, and you'll start understanding what's being, what's being read. Mm. You'll understand things that are far beyond your level because you have an accumulated effect of knowledge. I'll never forget the first time it happened to me. Mm. I was reading this book, and he used the word deleterious. I'd never seen the word in my life, <laughs> but I knew exactly what it meant mm. just because of the accumulated effect of knowledge. And I was like, wow, it really is true. And then the more you read, books become easier to read. You're able to just kind of scan through there and throw out the stuff that doesn't really matter and to really focus on the good stuff. And now you're reading book after book after book, and it starts to just influence your life. What's the word deleterious mean, Amelia? Um, Judah? Good day. I'll come back to you, Amelia. Oh, and I don't know. I'm so glad no one knows this word. <laughs> So. Okay, so what's in the word deleterious? Spell it. D-E-L-E-T-E. Delete. Delete. Oh. oh. I did not see wow. that. Isn't that interesting? Oh. So as soon as I'm looking at the word, I'm going like, hmm. there it is. Delete. Okay? Deleterious. It's got to be something. So, ta- removing something. Okay. Taking away from something. Mm. So watching movies has a deleterious effect upon your mind and your moral imagination. Uh, yeah, it does. Okay. okay. Nicole? Yeah. Same thing with the word of God. You keep reading the word of God. There's an accumulated effect of knowledge, and all of a sudden you're reading stuff, and you're like, whoa, I've seen this word before. Guess what? I'm, I've seen this word over in 1 mm. Corinthians chapter 15. What, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And I'm thinking like 1 Corinthians 15. I go to 1 Corinthians 15, and it says, Paul writes, do not be, see- do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, Interesting. And all of a sudden, it all starts to come together. The Bible starts to come together. It's a collective whole. 
So in light of that collective whole, what do we have here? We've got Proverbs chapters 1 through 9 as a collective whole. At the end of chapter 9 comes chapter 10, verse 1. And what does someone read chapter 10, verse 1? I'll read Proverbs 1.1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. The word David in Hebrew means beloved. These Proverbs are as a result of David's love for Solomon. David was the beloved. He now loves his son. He's the king of Israel. It starts off like that, the Proverbs of Solomon, the, the words to rule our life, and it goes all the way to 10.1. And what does it say? 10.1? 10.1 says, the Proverbs of Solomon. Ah, there you got your framing device. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... 1-1, Proverbs 1-1, and Proverbs 10-1 are an identical frame. The Proverbs of Solomon, the Proverbs of Solomon. What word in chapters 1, verses 1 through 7, what word is repeated at least six times? I don't know. Wisdom. What is it? Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> All the other words, the most other word is repeated how many times? Three. And they are correction. Instruction. Knowledge. Instruction. Well, instruction, correction, the same. Discernment mm-hmm. or understanding. Words. All the rest appear two to three times, but the word wisdom appears the most. And then the introduction closes with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does that mean? What does that mean, the fear of the Lord is the um, Emily, we talked about that in class today. Yeah. What, what what does it mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge? In light of the culture, in light of going to college, in light of all the books that are out there to be read, the, the two million books that are put in print every year. It means, well, I always think about when Jesus says in the New Testament, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. Like mm. all source of truth comes back to God. If it's not of God, it's just futile. Mm. There's no, you talked about how many so many degrees that you have, and they all are futile unless you have the knowledge of God. Yeah, they're based on the Word of God, based yeah. on God's mm-hmm. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, Judah. Yeah, it was, I find it interesting is that that word fear, fear the Lord, is the idea that was put behind it had this kind of trifecta meaning to it where you needed the fear uh, that would tie it in with um, – like quake it in your boots, like mm-hmm. you're about to get killed because yeah. he's got he's yeah. got power over you. Yeah. You have the fear as in like uh, in awe, like awe of his wonder. And then you have a fear of respect. Reverence. Reverence. Mm-hmm. And what I find very interesting is that you only get those three uh, full aspects of the fear of the Lord by knowing him personally. There you go. You got it. Perfect. That's perfect. And that's... And you need to have all three, too. Yeah. You need yep. to have the quaking in your boots, okay? <laughs> God means what he says and says what he means, mm-hmm. you know? You, me- you mess up and you go in the wrong direction, you're going to pay a price for it. There's going to be consequences. You know, God doesn't just say, oh, okay, my grace is sufficient all the time, and you guys can ju- just sin-, sin all you want, go for the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and no consequences. No, always serious consequences. Mm-hmm. But that reverential and that awe, you know, when you have put all three together, then you understand that God has his rules for our benefit. Mm. You know, it's not just because he wants you to quake in your boots. He wants you to quake <laughs> in your boots because he doesn't want you to go astray. So you're missing out on all the pleasures that he has for you. Mm-hmm. In my presence is fullness of joy. In my right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, mm. so, okay, so this leads us. Okay, once you know this, the word wisdom is a major focus. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but what? 
Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is framed with, guess what? Wisdom and foolishness. In 10.1, which is the opposite, the, uh, the outside frame of this entire nine chapters, what is that going to tell you? Chapter 10, verse 1. Someone read it. Mm, I was just there. Chapter 10, verse Proverbs 1. Proverbs of Solomon. Yeah, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. That's the end. That's the conclusion of chapters 1 through 9. Will you be a wise son or will you be a foolish son? Will you be wise or a fool? Will you be a wise son making a glad father or will you be a foolish son bringing shame to your mom? You know, and that brings us to the very first lesson. The first lesson is verse 8. Hear my son, your father's correction. Three times the word correction is found in the, in the introduction, verses 1 through 7. And the very first lesson is hear my son. In verse 5, let the wise hear. And the word hear means what, guys? To hear and, to hear obey. and obey. Hear and the obey. Shemuel. It comes from the Hebrew word Shemuel. Shemuel. And here it is, verse 5. Let the wise hear. Let the wise obey. And what happens when you obey? You will increase in learning. You increase learning. Like the flywheel. It's exponential. Mm. It just keeps moving. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's moving it, is a be- it is amazing how so few people have experienced it, though, because they've not, they're not willing to put the energy and the sacrifice and the time into pushing that enormous thing around. Mm. Judah, what was it like pushing that snowball? <laughs> it, 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 was, it was amazing. I remember you down at the bottom of that thing. You took, it was like zero degrees out. You took your coat off, you know? You know, and we we're pushing that thing. Were you behind that thing? Uh, yeah. I helped a couple of times, but mostly I stood there eating my Cheez-Its and cheering you on. <laughs> Emily, how about you? Um, Amelia, sorry. No, you're fine. I think I, en- I think I ended up taking my coat off, too. Yeah. Were you, in the, were you involved in that, Emily? Yeah, and I definitely got some hair ripped out of my head. <laughs> oh, really? It was an intense experience. <laughs> yeah, that's why I went with my cheeses. <laughs> but we did it. We built a snowman. I went to yeah. bed that night. Exo- I gave every ounce of strength. And here I have a rotator cuff injury, and I was lifting and pulling, pushing with everything I had. <laughs> Judah, I felt like the, you know, the four guys were in there. I felt like Hercules, you know? <laughs> It was really a Herculean effort, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm. That's the kind of effort we need with the Word of God. Mm. You know, it's got to be that kind of effort. It's, it's all or nothing. You know, mm. God will reward you based on what you give, you know? Mm. I, I like that verse, Molly, in Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 4. Yeah. What's it say? The um, one where it says, with what, what measure? measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And? And? More yeah. will be given to you. Yeah. And to him who has not. It'll be taken away. Yeah. Is that so true today? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, everyone listening, this is so important. Mark chapter 4, with what measure you meet. Molly, give the illustration of what that really Uh, refers to. Yeah. So it's kind of the idea that a measuring cup, when you go to bake something or um, you're doing a recipe of some kind and you have like half a cup of sugar, if you take a half a cup, a measuring cup, and you put it into the bucket of sugar, you're going to get a half a cup. But if the recipe required one cup, you know, you're going to get one cup. So in a similar way, this passage was kind of talking about what measure you use when you come to the Lord, you ask for knowledge or wisdom or whatever. Um, Whatever measure you bring to him, he'll fill. So you can ask for a teaspoon if you want a teaspoon, but you could also come and ask for a bucket or an ocean and he'll fill it. Like, it's like, that's what Mark is talking about. He'll give that. 
truckload, big dump truck, <laughs> yeah. the biggest yeah. dump truck you can possibly get. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, because I got to empty it too. You know, so I want to get the hydraulic <laughs> dump truck. You know. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so so he says here, the, let the wise hear, obey, Shemuel, and they will increase learning. That brings us down to the first lesson. As soon as he imprints this in his son's heart, the very first lesson is, hear my son, obey my son, your father's what? Correction. Is that the same word for sh- like Shemuel that you were talking about? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's cool. And the word for instruction, hear your father's instruction, is the same word, up, musar, it's the same word for correction. And so three times the word correction appears in one th- uh, verses 1 through 7. And the very first thing he says, obey your father's correction. Okay? Mm. Listen to your mother's teaching. Um, we were talking about that in class. You know, that you know, mm. when you're an adult and you're still single, if you're living under your parents' roof, you need to obey them and honor them. Mm-hmm. If you're out on your own as an adult, you need to always honor your parents, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to obey them mm. unless they come to you with biblical truth, let's say you're going to marry somebody. We talked about this in class. You're going to, you're going to marry somebody and your parents have a red flag. Mm. Now, if your parent is narcissist, narcissistic, controlling, dominant, manip- manipulative, and they're always going to be that way towards you, that's an ungodly. You don't want to be un- under an ungodly rule. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just, they don't want you to get married because they don't want you to get married. But if they come to you and say, hey, look, at, I have these concerns and this is what I see in this person's life. Their character doesn't match their walk. I don't think you should marry that person. I think that's a good time to obey and honor your parents. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. parents are the ones that God has given you to guide you in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's the first lesson. Obey my son, your father's correction, and listen to your mother's teaching. Now, with that said, this is where it gets good. The second lesson, this is number two. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And this is where the Lord of the wing comes in. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Okay, that's pretty pretty um, simple, mm-hmm. but it's not as simple as you think. Because the word entice doesn't really mean entice. <gasps> yeah. You guys know what the word entice really means here? What? It means Empty-headed. O- open. 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 What? A vast openness. And literally means what? Thoughtless. Emily? Thoughtless. What else? Empty-headed. Simple. Empty-headed. Simple. Um, it carries the idea of um, um, if sinners are coming to you with this thoughtless approach to life, this emptiness, and there's not really any reason for it other than guess what they want? <laughs> We're going to like take advantage of weak people. We're going to ambush innocent without reason. Verse 11. Mm. There's no, there's no thought behind that. They, they want to get gain to take advantage of other people. Moms and dads, one of the things you got to teach your children at a very young age, like one day old, teach them to stand up for the weak. Mm. Um, teach them to uh, teach them to guard the weak. That's a good word. I like that. Yeah. So when a weak child is in the play box and a bully's, you know, hitting on the the weaker child. Your daughter or your son will take that weak child aside and say, I'll play with you. Yeah. you can, I'll share my toys with you. To stand in the gap. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? No. Cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And I think if we train our children that way, that by the time they get to become young adults, they're now, they're now um, champions for um, 
you know, life, mm. you know, and not so much against abortion. They're for life. And so if you're for life and you can be such a light in other people's life, so you're living your life in such a way that you are a protector of the weak, mm. that God will place you in positions where some weak people, a weak man and a weak woman that don't know what to do, you know, they don't know how they're, I can't carry a baby. I can't, I can't take care of a baby. And they're looking, God will place those people in your life. Yeah. You know, you continue to be a champion for the weak and God will continue to place those people into your life. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it happens in the sandbox. You know? <laughs> yeah. T- your Tonka toys, you know? <laughs> come on. Come on, Bobby. Come on over here. You can play with mine. You can have the bulldozer, Aww. you know? Yeah. I love it. Okay, so... This phrase in verse 11, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Um, King James says something different. Lurk secretly. Lurk secretly. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is really cool because this same idea is found in, guess where? Verse 18. <laughs> they set ambush for their own lives. This is where the Lord of the Wing comes in. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Relish the moment, reveling in the is reveling the right word. Yes. Yeah, reveling. Yes. Yep. Reveling in this moment because it's so amazingly beautiful. You have this. Um, they they set ambush for the innocent. They're taking advantage of the innocent. They're going to swallow it alive. And then it says in verse thirteen, we're going to find all precious goods. We'll fill our houses with plunder. They'll throw in your lot among us and we'll have one purse, wealth. They're Mm -hmm. going after wealth, okay? Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. Verse 15, my son, and whenever he says my son, he's making a special teaching point, teaching moment. My son, do not walk how? In their way. In their way. The first one is wealth. The second one is ways. The word ways, Derek, mostly carries the idea of character. Don't walk in the character. Your friends, you'll become like your friends. Mm. Their character will influence you, mm-hmm. will influence your character. Um, that's why Psalm 1 is so important. Don't, don't walk in the way. Of the ungodly. Don't stand, stand. in the seat yeah. of, and don't stand, stand in the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. of sinners. Mm-hmm. And don't sit in the seat of the mm-hmm. scornful. Isn't that something? Because it's the same thing in Proverbs 1. He's going to talk about the scornful here. That's how it lands. People become simple. They become foolish. He says that in verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you remain simple? How long will you mockers delight in your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? And here's what they're doing here in verses um, 10 through 15. They are going after, and it's going to say this at the very end. It's going to talk about their... Verse 19, they're after greedy gain. That's what they're looking for. You've got to be really careful. I said this earlier in class. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you. Don't seek for a job in which you're trying to make money that will ruin your life. Seek for a job that you can delight in, that you love your work so that it doesn't even feel like work. Mm-hmm. Love what you do and do what you love. And if you do that, the money will come. Be the very best at who you are. You know, and people will want what you have. Show me a man diligent in his work, he'll stand before kings. Mm. And not before mean or people that will hide, keep you 
What's the word literally? Mean men in King James? What's Strange the, men. Strange. What else does the word mean? Unknown mean. To hide something. It's mm. literally the word for? Starts with? Z. An O? Obscure. Obscure. Ah, obscure. Mm. <laughs> you will not stand before obscure men. Oh, I knew that. So, Judah, if I can keep you at a level of simple-mindedness, if I can keep you at a level of slave labor, keep you at a level of where you're not going to develop skills, really high level of skills, I'm going to keep you at a low level of skills. Show me a man diligent in his work, he'll stand before kings. I'm never going to allow you to reach that level. I'm going to pay you a wage every day. I'm going to keep you low. I'm going to be an obscure man for a second, play the devil's advocate here. If I can keep you at that level, I've got you for the rest of your life, and you'll never reach. But if you go beyond what obscure men do, obscure men want to keep, they want to keep you not seeing the future. They don't want you to see what you're capable of, so they're going to obscure your way. They're never going to let you see what you could become. And when you break through those barriers and you become the best, then all of a sudden people seek you out. They want what you have, and they're willing to pay for it in big time. Hmm. Now, you call the shots. You tell people what it's going to cost. You know, now it's reversed. Now they want what you have. And so you never want to be under a person's oppressive to keep things obscure in your life. You want to break through that by, by living in the image of God, living a beautiful life, doing what you love, loving what you do, reaching high levels of excellence that no man or woman has ever reached. Mm. Be a writer, be the best writer. Be, you're, you're an editor, be the best editor. Be in logistics, study and learn how logistics works. Words, study words. Study, study, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needs not to be ashamed, brightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, here we go. You ready? Lord of the wing, here we come. <laughs> so we got wealth. They're going after the wrong kinds of wealth. Mm-hmm. And now they're walking in the ways with them. Verse 15, they're walking, they're, mm-hmm. the character of these ungodly people who are seeking after wealth, taking advantage of the innocent. Now you're being influenced by their ways. Um, it says this, it says, hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain, here it is, here's this proverb in the middle of this entire section that every commentary that I have read for years, not one commentary has ever hit this on the nail that I've seen. Hmm. And it's because they've not approached this from a biblical theological perspective, meaning not just what it says, but what? How it it says it. it. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) How it says it. And we're going to learn how it says this. So we've got wealth, mm-hmm. we've got ways, and now we've got this bird. <laughs> yeah. Wealth, ways, and bird. It was really random. Okay, so the Hebrew word for bird here is not the word for bird. No, not really. Um, kind of. <laughs> it's two words. It's two words, not one word. Mm-hmm. Two words. Baal. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, right? What yeah. does Baal mean? Lord Master. Lord Master. Mm-hmm. That's like, what? How's the bird a ball? How's a bird a master? And then the second word is for wing or the edge of something. You you fly with the edge of the wings. (laughs) (laughs) He extends his wings out and there's an edge to them. Um, Lord of the wings. Interesting. A bird in the sky is the master of the sky. Nothing stops him from flying. Us down here, our cre- oh, creatures down do below. Oh, oh, 
Isn't that cool? That, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the master of the heavens. Mm. Mm. Flies around free as a bird. Literally. You know? mm. Literally. Yeah, he yeah. is a bird. Mm. Um, There's probably that sense of freedom <laughs> here, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, not until. <laughs> There's a <laughs> net put down in the ground. Oh, yeah. It says, it says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Wealth first, then the way, the character of the ungodly or influencing the godly. Don't go with them. They're taking advantage of weaker people. Don't do that. For in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. I always used to think like, I, and I used to make fun, Molly, when I taught that class a couple of years ago, I, I said, yeah, what? You, you put a net down on the ground and the bird's like in the tree looking at you, put the net down on the ground and the bird's saying like, you want me to come down to that net? Okay. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't, it, it means the exact opposite. Hmm. Let me show you why first. Let's do the how first. After this phrase, in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird, which the majority of commentators throughout the world have said that, that the net, the bird knows enough not to go in a net that's right before its very eyes, okay? <laughs> so you're not going to entrap a bird like, come on, birdie. Come on down to my net, you know? <laughs> cool Look at net. this nice, comfy net. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like a nest, doesn't it? <laughs> right after this, it says this. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. Hmm. So it would seem like this net that's being spread for the bird that can see it, it seems like the context is talking about the people who are taking advantage of the innocent, going after greedy gain, um, being influenced by ungodly ways and character, that they're setting up the net for themselves. That's what it seems to be saying if you look at the context, because then it says this in verse 19, for such are the ways of everyone who is what? Greedy, greedy. greedy. gain. Greedy of gain. Now you've got ways and wealth reversed. Hmm. Wealth and ways at the top, ways and wealth at the bottom. Mm. And guess what? We're missing one word. What's the most important word here? Baal. Lord of the wings. Baal. Lord of the wings. And what's it going to say? Is it in here? Let's find it. So is everyone who takes away the life of its possessors. Oh, that's not there. What's it saying to King James? Owners. So is everyone that takes the, away the life of its owners. What's it saying to Hebrew? Master. So is everyone that takes Baal. the way of the life of its Baal. Baal. Yes. Its master. <laughs> Wealth, ways, and Lord. Hmm. Ways, well, wealth, in the beginning, wealth, ways, and Lord. In the end, ways, wealth, and Lord. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, mm. in the middle, you've got this interesting parable. So is everyone, or for in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. You take a net put it down the ground, and guess what? You put a little corn down there, some bird seed down there, and you could be standing right there, and those birds are coming after it. Birds are some of the greediest creatures on earth. They may be the lord of the sky, the master of the sky, but they're extremely greedy. A seagull will take Molly, a seagull. Oh, yes. They are very <laughs> vicious beasts. 
beast. Can you give us an illustration of viciousness of a seagull? Oh, yeah. Well, um, one time I was eating a sandwich on at the ocean, and a seagull came and, like, gr- like literally came and snatched the sandwich out of my hand and, like, cut my hand. <gasps> oh, and no. I was just sitting there eating it. But, yeah, they're, they're pretty... Vicious. My dad caught a huge fish down in Florida, and he was pulling it up. And as he was pulling it up, the thing jumped a little bit, the, the oh. fish. And the seagull came down. I think it was a seagull or some other bird came down and took it in its beak and started flying off. And there was my dad running down <laughs> the dock with the uh, still the, the, the line attached, and the seagull was taking mm-hmm. the, the fish away. <laughs> Pretty neat <tight. laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my dad was like, I'm not giving this fish up, That's you know? Funny. Yeah, they're greedy. Uh-huh. You put You put... If you're eating at a restaurant and there's a bunch of birds around, you're outside on the porch somewhere, mm-hmm. all kinds of little sparrows out there, right? And mm-hmm. they're eating all constantly. Mm-hmm. You you put a net down there and you put the food on top of that net, they'll come and get it. And the Bible says this, so is everyone. Look at this, verse 18. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Just like the bird that can see the net, these people that go after wealth and godly ways and greedy gain and they think that they're the lord they think they're the master of everything that they can do whatever they want what they don't see and they don't understand is there are inevitable consequences to their actions they will be caught in this net mm-hmm. it is inevitable they thought they were the master but now they have become the fool and they are trapped and they are going to stay that way the Bible is amazing. It's filled with all kinds of amazing truth. And so what do we teach our children? What, what, have we, what can we learn from this, guys? What are some of the takeaways from this? I, I, love, I love 1 Corinthians 15. You know, what did we just read just a little while ago? Bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, it, it will. You will become like your friends. What are some other takeaways, mm-hmm. Emily? Hear and obey your parents. Good. Mm-hmm. Judy, you were sharing something before we got in here. Just about the word, how the word of God is written, and yeah, um, Maybe just share a little bit of what it's been like. You, this is your first week here, yeah. Going on your second week, what's it been like in in the Word? Well, it's the least I could say is it's been eye opening. You know, yeah. um, you know the way I've always read the the Bible beforehand has been dull in comparison and very <laughs> shallow. Um, to look at how the word is written mm. and to see the depth of God's mm-hmm. majesty and his design mm. within within the structure mm-hmm. is is a whole new world. Amen. Yeah. And it's a it's really sad, I think, that more people don't look at it that way. Um I like when I when I was, you know, first hearing this stuff, it's like I was, I was, I, w- I had a, a, an overwhelming sense of joy that I didn't know how to express. Molly, have we had that before? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> to, to know that there's so much more and that to, to, to see the different aspects of God that he has put in there, you know, mm. that there's, to sh- he's showing just yeah. how complex and, Infinite, and beautiful he infinitely is. Infinitely beautiful. It's like a, t- a microscope. You keep going down, down, down. You see the living organisms that are like... Yeah. Eons away in this, you know, we have we have a microscope that used to be part of the, um, oh, what's the place in Rochester, um, the Eye Institute. They make the microscope. The Bosch and Lom. And th- we bought one of their microscopes for our Christian school. They were getting rid of, they were updating everything. Mm-hmm. We saw living organisms in a leaf 
that mm-hmm. went like it was like forever. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't believe the stuff that we were seeing in there. And it's like that's the way it is with God's word. Mm. God's universe is so vast, but also mm-hmm. you you it's go the opposite way, and it's yeah. it's it's it's, a, it's equally infinite both ways. Yeah. yeah. My first time hearing the Bible explained from a biblical theological perspective, not just what it means, but how it means it, and seeing the beauty and majesty of His Word, the framing devices, and then the the beauty of things like the Lord of the Wings here. Mm. Um, my very first time, my first week in, in class with Dr. John Lawler and Dr. Richard Engel. Picture this. I've got three little kids at home, um, five and under, five, three, and one. And uh, Debbie was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, we lived about a half a mile from campus, and I walked every day uh, to a class. And I would come home for lunch, and Debbie would have my lunch prepared because I only had like 30 minutes, you know, to go eat lunch. And so I, I kind of ran home and, you know, and ran back to class. But Debbie would always have lunch prepared, and, and I'd be sitting there, and, I'd be, and she would be like, okay, calm down, slow down, just 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 try to tell me. and Because I'd be in there, and I'm going, <gasps> You won't believe what I learned today. <laughs> you know, my head would be like exploding with mm-hmm. all, all these truths. I was like, this is incredible. Debbie, you got, Debbie, and poor Debbie. Debbie, you got to, you know, be sitting down and have a Bible study while we're having lunch, you know. <laughs> you got to see this, you know. And That's really Just trying to enjoy a meal. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it, it, it lasted like that for um, probably a good three solid years in class. Just mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Literally, I would leave there when I felt like my head was going to explode. Mm-hmm. You know, like, whoa, this is incredible. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we see God for the first time? Mm. Nope. You know, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Or, or hear him speak. You know, can you imagine the disciples got to be with him? Mm. You know, what did John say at the end of the Gospel of John? Oh, I know. Oh. Go ahead. He said, Amen. No. Many more things were done, and uh, they can't. All the books in the world can't record what Jesus did. Isn't that amazing? Yes, wow. I yeah. love that verse. All the books of the world. Yeah, it's the inks were. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. sorry, the oceans were turned to ink. Yeah, yeah. The, the the skies were turned to parchment. There wouldn't be enough. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. We were just uh, studying that a little bit about that in a different book, but the author of the Bible of the book was saying, much more what I have written to you, but I wanted to wait till I saw you face to face. And we were talking about how, like, even with something like that in John, we're like, maybe there are some things that God didn't write, but he's excited to share with us when he sees us face to face. Like, there might be so much more. Oh, there's going to be. We'll go and we'll be like, hey, and you'll have so much more <laughs> that we don't even comprehend yet. Mm. Well, Let's bring this to a close. Um, so a person's focus in life, what are they going after? Their wealth. What is it? They're, what are they trying to gain in this life? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you. Do the things you love and love the things you do. God's mm-hmm. equipped each of us. And, and let it be for his kingdom's sake, his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything will be added unto you. Mm. Um, so what are you focusing on? What is your real wealth, the wealth of knowledge? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So where's your wealth? What, what are you focusing on? And then what ways? Who's influencing your ways, your character? And then who will be the, what will be the Lord of your life? You know, what, mm. what's gonna ma- what are you going to master or what will master you? Mm. Just like the birds, the master of the sky, one of the things that they fail to do is they fail to master their appetite. <laughs> Therefore, they're going to be caught in that net that's right in front of their eyes. Mm. If you don't master your appetites, 
lust mm. of the flesh, lust of the eyes, it will master you. All of that brings us to verse 20, where wisdom comes on the scene in Proverbs chapter 1, and wisdom teaches the next lesson to the son. And we're going to look at that next time, where wisdom will cry aloud in the street. She'll utter her voice in the noisy streets and in the marketplace at the entrance of the city gates. And she will yell out three of the same types of pleas. How long? How long? How long? Jesus says the same thing in Mark chapter 9. And we're going to look at that next time on another Fasten Like Nails, where God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom will be fastened like nails in your heart and ours today. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net, lamplighter.net.